We're going over URI's huge rivalry victory over Providence College and going over a great week in college basketball. We have it all here, all for you on Ballin' with B-Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. I wouldn't say we have a lot to get into. We have some greatness to go over, of course. Rhode Island's victory over PC and a lot of competitive and very good college basketball games from around the nation. So we gotta get right into it. Rhodey PC last Friday night at the Ryan Center. Fans packed that place. 8,000 fans was the attendance, second most in URI Ryan Center history. It's always great to see a stat like that. See that the fans came out, the alumni, everyone showed PC that that they're going to be alone in this fight and it looked like they were. At the beginning, PC took a 10-4 to lead going to the U16 of the first half. It wasn't looking good for Rhodey. They knew they had to get some. You knew that they had to get some things clicking, and they'd be better. But Jermaine Harris, two offensive fouls in the first two possessions of the game, really wasn't the thing needed. Of course, talked about with Shruck, uh, Colin Struckman last podcast about how Jermaine Harris racks up the fouls, and now you know he can't stand Jermaine. Well, I couldn't stand him in the first couple minutes of that ball game. I was like, "What's going on?" And then, of course, Sorrell re- Sorrell's getting out rebound. Like on free throws, layups, it was insane. He had led up like five or six offensive rebounds, led to ten Providence College basketball points. But nevertheless, Rodan took their first lead, or they they were swapping between leads. Rodan and PC were until around five thirty left in the first half. Rodan took a twenty six twenty four lead and never looked back. They had a little bit of pressure when it came to um. 57-55 after Rodon had an 11-point lead. And then the Friars brought it back down to 2, 57-55. I wasn't nervous at all. I knew Rodon can pull through. The Friars made a couple good shots, but they weren't doing it all game. So I knew that Rodon could pull through with 6.46 left in the half. And then Rodon got all the way up to 15 points ended up winning by 14, 75-61. Man, who else wouldn't lead Rodon except... Number one, Fats Russell. He led the squad of Rams with 24 points and eight assists. And Cyril had a double-double in the first half. Not surprised. He had 17 of his own and 16 boards. Tyrese Martin did decent from the field. Not the best, but not unbelievable. Um, 10 points, six rebounds for him. And Makai Long. So entering this game, Dana Tate was suspended by the team for a violation of team rules. He did not play and you're expecting someone to step up. At the beginning of the game, I thought, you know, hey, Jacob Toppin's going to get a lot more time. He's going to get a lot uh, more minutes. And I thought he was going to be a game changer in this game. But not that he wasn't. He, I think he had seven or six points. He had a three-pointer. Um, but Makai Long was the first to come off the bench, which kind of surprised me. We saw him in a couple games earlier this year. But he ended up with nine points. Four steals and seven rebounds. I think those four steals are what he was known for. He and his long arms first forced turnovers after turnovers for the Rhode Island Rams, which led to 22 
Providence College turnovers. He helped that out with his incredible defense and, of course, his fast-break throwdowns as well. For Providence College, they led by Alpha Diallo, who had 13 points after taking 20,000 shots. David Duke went 3-for-6 from 3 with 12 points. Nate Watson, man, he only had 10 points, but down the stretch, man, that game could have got ugly. Rhode Island could have went ahead by 20 points, maybe more, 25 points, if Nate Watson wasn't hitting the shots he was. He's a big man. He went 5-for-8 from the field. He was hitting hook shots, fadeaway, and ones. And, man, he, he was looked like he was unstoppable, and anyone was going to lead that charge Back in late in the second half, it was going to be Nate Watson. And once they stopped facilitating the ball to him and forcing up three-pointers they didn't need, then I thought, then I knew that was over. They're not trying to get to their big man, Nate Watson, who was hot. Luan Pipkins, of course, did not do good at all. Adrian Reeves didn't do that good either. They combined for 2 for 14 from the field and 0 for 6 from the three-point line, something we stressed last week that Providence had to do if they wanted to be successful against Rhode Island was use all assets on the offensive side and really spread out the Rams defensively. That didn't work out, though, as Rhode Island forced 22 turnovers. We go to the stat line. Rhode Island shot 41.3% from the field, 26 points uh, for 63. And now that that's low. I feel like um, last year that had been really good, but for Team Legrody, they need to make shots. Not even it has to be three balls because they only – Shot 10 threes against West Virginia. Went 7 for 10. They were efficient. They made shots. Of course, Fast Russell helped out a lot. But when they can get those field goal percentages above 50%, I mean, they're unstoppable. Uh, I think any team's unstoppable if they can get above 50% from the uh, from the field being super efficient, something we didn't see last year. And if Rody can carry on, you know, get a little better from the field, maybe shoot 45%, maybe a little more, then they can definitely make damage in the A-10 and the NCAA March Madness Tournament if they get to that. As we've said before, they have a tough schedule coming up when it comes to the A-10. They have a couple games against Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Brown, and then they come into the A-10 schedule. Guns uh, fi- guns firing, man. You have Richmond, George Mason. I mean, they have VCU twice in January. They have Davidson once. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough January. If they want to really get through that, they got to get that efficiency up there and show the A-10 that you rise the best they got. Run right out shot 7 for 20 from 3, a 35% mark is which they – they sh- if they're around uh, if they're around 35% from three and 45% from the field, that'd be uh, a very good goal for the Rhode Island Rams basketball team. They shot 16 for 27 from the free throw line, around 60%. Not that good. Uh, not 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 that good, but like they gotta be a little better. They gotta be a little better from there. They shouldn't make it around 20. They shouldn't miss more than seven free throws, depending on how much they take um, a game. So 16 for 27. But it shows Rhode Island gets to the free throw line, and if they can hit their free throws, it's game over. Rhode Island only turn well, not only turn they turn the ball over 16 times, a little more than their 13.8 um, turnovers per game. So that's gonna up the average a little bit. PC shot 25 for 65, 38.5 percent from the field, and only five for 17, a 29.4 percent mark from the three point line. And they only got to the free throw line 12 times, making only six of their Lone 12 shots, going 50%. Again, they turned the ball over 22 times. There's definitely holes in that Providence um, team. That uh, They have the talent. Um, people say that this is the most talented team Ed Cooley's ever had. And I mean, you look at the roster. You have Alpha, David Duke. You have Nate Watson. Luan Pipkins from UMass, who was a stud on that team. A.J. Reeves. Greg Gant, the four-star, who I think had like three or six points. I mean, they're just not coming together and meshing like everyone thought they would. They're dropped now to 5-5. Five and five. Our roadie goes to 6-3. and three. 
But, I mean, this PC team is just, you know, a couple bad losses away from a last in the Big East in a bad season. But they have they have chances to turn it around. But if they can't do that quickly before Big East play comes, they're going to get hit in the face like a train coming at them 200 miles an hour because they're just going to get mowed over. It will not be a pleasant thing to see. So, I mean, they got to get together. They have Florida and, you know, Georgetown first game. And who else do they have? Talked about it last episode. They have Florida and, uh, you know, I forget the other team, but it's on the tip of my tongue. But, again, they have some – oh, Texas, Texas. So, I mean, if they can show, have good showings and play together, not not necessarily win, but come close, maybe maybe win one of those games. I think the Texas one's at home because it was in Texas last year. And I'm pretty sure the Florida one is in, like, an Air Force. I don't know. Um. That's why I don't do PC basketball because, first of all, the Friars stink, and then the Rody Rams are amazing. So that's why. So um, PC, they got to get it together or else they're going to be in a bit of trouble. Rhode Island, after that monumental win, as I said before, moves them to 6-3 and three on the year. Their only three losses, of course, on the road against West Virginia, LSU, and on the road versus Number top five Maryland. Um, so this this is actually a big win for Rhodey as their next game is next Saturday. So we won't be covering it this week. We'll be covering that next week, next Saturday. They have that game against Western Kentucky on the twenty first at the Ryan Center. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. Um, even though their best player Charles Bassey is out for the year and getting a season ending surgery on his leg after injuring it in the second half, after their upset win at home against Arkansas, which is something to watch out for. They're a solid team. They should not be overlooked. They're high in the mid-major ranks, and nevertheless, Rhode Island cannot sleep uh, sleep on them as they are a good team. But this is a great win as we go into finals. Um, I think that's why they have that break. It's finals week. So, I mean, they have 15 days from that last PC game. I think it's nine from now, nine days from now, to um, recover. I mean, they should be recovered by now. I mean, they're going to be playing a stretch in the A-10 when they play three games a week. They play 10 games in January, which is insane. That I'm so excited for. So you should stay tuned for that across the season. But Rodon, that that confidence booster is going to carry on throughout those next, I don't know, two weeks. If they can bring that into Western Kentucky, I mean, that's the difference between going 2-0 and and 0-2. Um, so then they have that. If they can win that Western Kentucky game, that would be really good. And that they would go into... Miltessi State on the road, and then Brown. And then that would be the end of the non-conference schedule where, of course, very good by by myself, I think. My prediction would be correct. We're not going to go 9-3. But you never know. Western Kentucky can come into the Ryan Center like an Iona or a Charleston from a couple years back and just play phenomenal. So you're never really knowing these instances. But nevertheless, we're down can get three straight wins going uh, – four straight wins actually going to 8-10 play, putting at 9-3 and in the top of the conference. Uh, before it even starts. Of course, you have teams like VCU, Duquesne, is doing unbelievable. Hasn't really played anyone at all. George Mason, same thing. Besides their loss to Maryland by 23, they have played no one. So, I think Rhode Island plays actually six of the Ken Palm top 100 teams. And then, like, Duquesne played zero, and George Mason played, like, zero. And Duquesne, I think, even has a played away game. Maybe one. So, just observation there on that side. 
Again, not hate on Duquesne. They're actually very good with sincere carry leading that charge. I just don't think they're up to the hype that they actually are, and they'll they'll definitely prove it in A10 play that if they're good enough to play with the big boys like VCU. But yeah, I mean, if we're not gonna go diamond three, that'd be like I gave them the loss versus Maryland, the loss versus LSU, and then two and one against Providence, Western Kentucky, and Western uh, West Virginia. So which they would have done if they do beat Western Kentucky next Saturday. So that'd be a good place to put them in. If Rodan can go, I don't know, 13 and five maybe in the 13 and five would be very good actually for Rodan and put them at 22 and eight at the end of the year. They'd definitely put them at top four. They just gotta win those monumental games against Richmond, George Mason, and Duquesne. Those three that are gonna be surrounding that four seed. So, and now that the three seed actually opened up because Davidson. Who I don't know, but they have a losing record right now. They have lost to Charlotte. They have lost to Temple. Not Temple. Temple's a good team, nevertheless. But they have lost some games that they shouldn't have, and lost some games by a lot. So they're very underperforming. They lost one of their players to um, personal request. I don't know, but he will be out for the year. I am pretty sure. But again, you can't stress the importance enough of that Rhode Island win against PC. And something actually during that game that happened was Ed Cooley was losing his mind on the floor. He was trying to call for timeouts after I think it was a three. I think it was a three, but 24-22. That put Proud into the lead after David Duke three. He wanted timeout, 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 but they didn't give it to him. And Rodon ended up going on a 13-0 run to take a 35-24 lead. And, man, he was heated. And that happened again in the second half. Crazy. I was looking at him. He was going off his rocker, and Ronaldo was just scoring buckets off not giving him timeouts. I mean, the refs weren't giving him timeouts. I don't know if they didn't see him, but I'm thinking, like, I mean, we owe the refs a favor for that one because that's the thing you don't see every day, um, a coach trying to call timeout after, you know, a good monumental, like, a run. They won't call a timeout so that they can regroup and then put the fans in, like, a, a lower esteem with themselves, but they just didn't give them the timeouts. So Rodon kept going on runs whenever he, they wanted to, and they never got the um, those timeouts until the end of the run, which really killed Providence and their stamina. So that would be it, I think. And a th- funny thing at the end of the press conference was Faz Russell. He, before, well, everyone was leaving the press conference and. Fast Russell spoke into the microphone. He went like, do you think this is a rivalry? So like a shot at Ed Cooley with his rivalry comment, which I thought was pretty funny and reassured that the rivalry stands. So that's going to be it for the UIPC game. Again, great victory for Rodan, great confidence booster. And the report on the Western Kentucky preview will be next podcast for the game next Saturday. We're going across the nation. For Power 5 games and A-10 games that were just uh, phenomenal ones. Baylor and the U of A, Arizona, played on Saturday, the day after the PCUI game. So, December 7th, it would be number 18, Baylor, defeated number 12, Arizona, 63-58. to Kansas had a tough opponent in Colorado, number 20 in the nation, versus number 2, Kansas. Kansas held them off 72-58. to and Virginia and UNC, the number five versus number seven, number five, Virginia held off UNC in what looked like a defensive battle. The score was 24-18 at halftime. 
but Virginia pulled away 56-47. to Iowa State upset Miles Powell. Miles Powell and the Pirates of Seton Hall, 76-66. to Iowa State, a team to watch out for in the Big 12. Gonzaga, after an embarrassing loss to Michigan. On Tuesday, the 10th, Texas Tech upset number one Louisville in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden, 70-57. to Louisville was just trying to hang in there, but Texas Tech kept getting, the league kept getting bigger and bigger from 6-8. to eight to 9, to 10, to 11, until Louisville couldn't come back and was too late. On the same night on Tuesday, Penn State defeated number 4, Maryland, 76-69. to 69, A big upset in the Big Ten. And I'm thinking earlier, man, I'm like, I'm watching this game, and I'm, I first realized it's a Big Ten game, and I'm like, Jesus, if I'm Maryland and I'm losing to a team that's in the Power 5 but not in the Big Ten, we get upset, boo, uh, who cares? I mean, like, I mean, it matters when it comes to the NCAA March Madness seeding and everything of where we go. But one loss and a Power 5 team on the road is not going to hurt. But a Big Ten team, an in-conference game, that moves them to 1-1, one and one, that's nothing. Like, Mark Turgeon has got to be upset with that after a, a loss where Maryland just barely hung in and they just didn't make shots. I mean, I watched one possession near the end of the game where they shot four threes like two or three open looks, and they didn't make them after a couple offensive rebounds. They ended up not scoring on that possession, but that's a that's a loss you don't want to put down early in the year, kind of dampens the mood. They moved to 1-1, one and one, tied with Penn State at 1-1, one and one. so you never know what really happens in the Big Ten. It's just crazy, but again, not an early conference loss you want to give up. And then Baylor, who seems like they're on a roll, number 11 in the country, Beat number 18, Butler, 53-52, to a close defensive battle. And then last night, Wednesday, the fighting Illini of Illinois defeated number 5, Michigan, who I think were a little higher ranked than they should have really been. 71-62, to Michigan lost on the road versus Illinois. Now, looking to the A-10, Dayton, I mean, the impressive wins don't stop at just Georgia, Virginia Tech, and a close win versus KU that they lost in overtime, but they defeated the St. Mary's Gales, a West Coast Conference perennial power, 78-68, to and Dayton, who's ranked 19 during that game, moved up to 14 in the nation. Bryant, the Rhode Island team on Tuesday, defeated Fordham on the road, and the people of Fordham must be just angry. I mean, they let the kids out early in class, so they can see the game at four. It was a 12 o'clock game. It was weird. But Bryant just embarrassed the A-10. Um, I mean, not embarrassed. I mean, Fordham really stinks. They've always stunk. And they probably will for the rest of history. If history repeats itself, Fordham will be the 14th team, if not the non-existent team in the A-10 basketball conference as they lost by 8, 69-61. Yale defeated UMass and was a back-and-forth effort in a very tough one for UMass as they lost 83-80 to in overtime. Yale had a 12-point lead. It looked like UMass early in the first half and looked like UMass would just give up and land their back. But no, UMass was strong. They ended up leading at halftime 45-40, and then you knew it was going to be a dogfight throughout. But UMass just couldn't hold on as Yale is a very solid Ivy League school team. Probably going to challenge Harvard, if not, you know, maybe Penn in the Ivy League championship or semifinals, whatever comes first. And then 
Actually, last Saturday, Davidson picked up a much-needed victory versus Northeastern 70-63, to a game which Davidson was, like, desperate. They needed to win, or else, I don't know, things were not going to be going down good in uh, North Carolina. And then St. Joe's hosted number 23 Villanova as part of the Big Five whole thing in Philadelphia. They gave him the best fight they could. I think Ryan Daly, who's being he, who's a stud. Okay, he's a really good basketball player. I think he had 30-plus points. I think 32 maybe. But St. Joe's efforts came up short, losing by 7, 73-66 to, to number 23, Villanova. And it looks like that's going to be it for today's podcast. It was just a couple things, but I need to get this out to you guys as, of course, it's Thursday and... I'm not leaving you guys off again like I did a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be – that's really going to be it for Rhodey for this week. Stay tuned for next week. We'll go over the Western Kentucky game and go over some great college basketball games for over Christmas and for your holiday schedule for NCAA basketball. So, again, next Thursday, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode. I'm Gavin B. Show, and as always, Rhodey, Rhodey, Rhodey.